welcome back. I'm Heidi Higgins, and you are listening to K-12 On Learning. One day when the power went out at my home, I made an incredible discovery. We had a lot of things to complete in the online lessons that day, so I decided to pack up my laptop and the kids and head to our local library. I had called and they still had power, and that is where I was blown away. Not only did we find a comfortable place to plug in the laptops and complete the work for the day, the girls did it quickly because they wanted to check out the books that surrounded them, the play areas, and the activities that were going on. A children's story time was starting early that morning, and maybe the crowd that came was huge because of the power outage, I don't know. But the story time was very well attended. My youngest jumped at the opportunity to listen in and had to check out the book that was read, as it had now become her favorite. (laughs) We finished our schoolwork in a timely manner, but the older girls wanted to stay because an after-school group was offered where there was a project to learn about structure and construction with marshmallows and uncooked spaghetti. And they couldn't miss it. And I could not believe I had not considered what learning in a library on occasion would look like. I was completely unaware of the things that were going on at my local library, and they have changed even more now. They now offer opportunities for every age category, and the things that are offered and available just might surprise you. Today I welcome Holly Jackson, a former librarian and library director, and now consultant for libraries, to tell us how things have changed at the library and what they now offer our communities, and you and me. Thank you, Holly Jackson, for joining me. We're honored to have you. Thank you so much for inviting me. I wanted to start out with a question today to our listeners. When was the last time that you visited your local library or you read a book? Libraries are little community hubs. They connect people to information and connect people to people. There's a safe haven for kids. Libraries are not just a memory of the past, right, Holly? Right. So today I have the pleasure, as I mentioned, of welcoming Holly Jackson. Holly has been in charge of a community library for several years. Her programs are famous in her community. I just love that we know about you, Holly, and I've heard about (laughs) you. And I met you, you don't know this, but I met you at the window, the drive-up window of your library. Oh, really? (laughs) As we would come by on Mondays for a craft that you prepared during the pandemic. Yes. And actually that program has evolved to stay. So the children's librarian evolved that and still does those Monday grab and goes, even though we have in-person programming, because it's something that became so popular in our community. It was huge. And I participated with my grandchildren and they wanted to go. I remember one day we were just a little late and there were tears. This (laughs) (laughs) This was a big thing for them. And I, I just love it. So I've seen the excitement that you have built, and I've seen the activity there. You, even during that pandemic time, brought the community together. Holly, let's talk a little bit about your background and what led you to work in and manage a library. So I actually started working at the library to put myself through school so I could become a physician's assistant. That was always what I was going to be. And I started volunteering at the library in high school for National Honor Society hours, And then got a job and was fully set on the medical path. And then 
I remember the night I filled out and turned in my application for the nursing program and checked all the boxes and I turned it in and I got home and I said, I don't want to be a nurse. I don't want to leave the library. I love my library. I love the community. I love what I'm doing. And I changed my entire career path. So I changed my degree and I got a degree in English literature. And then I went on and I got my master's of library science degree. And my career has kind of evolved over the years. At first, I thought, I just want to be in libraries. And then I thought, you know what? I want to do programming for teens. And I did that for a while, and I loved it. And then a point came where our current director left, and I thought, I don't want anyone else to run my little library because I love this library. And I stepped into being the director I applied for and got the position of director and realized that I really, really loved that. I loved the leadership aspect and managing people and having the ability to be part of the big decision-making to make our library a hub for the community and really listen to what the community needs were and provide resources that would help. And so that's that's kind of where how I got where I am now. And I'm still loving it, still educating in libraries and wouldn't leave it. Well, I appreciate this. It's fun to hear your background. A career could be selected because of passion. And those make us happiest, don't they? I love libraries. I've always loved my job. I wouldn't do anything else. So tell me about libraries. First of all, what does a librarian do? So a librarian, when I was the head of a library, there's everything from helping on the desk to managing and training to writing policy and board meetings, getting out in the community and talking to people and being the face of the library. The library director specifically works with the board on making decisions. Every library has a board, whether that's elected trustees or city appointed trustees that help set the policy and make decisions for a library. Librarians don't have to be directors, though, which is kind of a common misconception. People either think everyone who works in a library is a librarian or everyone who's a librarian is a director. And librarians can do many different things depending on the library. At my last library, our teen librarian was a librarian, and she worked specifically with programming for teens. There's children's librarians who do programming and story times and community outreach and collection development. And one of the great things about libraries that kept me in a library is really the diversity is that You can do a different job every day. I remember once putting on a job application that I did everything from construction to chemistry in a day. That's what keeps librarians busy because we really have to be flexible to meet whatever needs the community has on that day. And we're always trying to find new ways to do that. I didn't realize the vastness of that role. I'm really glad that you mentioned it. Construction to chemistry. Construction to chemistry. (laughs) And, you know, honestly, contrary to popular belief, we don't read very much in, in libraries. We read at home, but in the library, we're always way too busy to to be able to do that all day. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So libraries have had to change a little bit. Some of us don't even know that they're down the street or in our communities anymore. So what role does a library play in society today? Libraries have become more community centers than they ever have been in the past. And the specific role they play in each community is is unique because no two communities are the same. And so no two libraries are the same which is really important. In one community, the library might be a center of social equality and social justice, where in another community, it might be a center for a homeless and job-seeking population. And so it really depends on your community. But libraries have morphed into this ever-changing community hub where we're there to support and to educate still, as we always have been, centers of information and knowledge, but to do that in whatever way suits the needs of our community at this point. So libraries are still active. Statistics are showing year by year that library checkouts are going up, library programs and activities are being well attended. And I think that they're just not what you think of a library as anymore. They're not just dusty old books. And that's where a lot of people, 
expect to see in a library and that's what they're not seeing anymore and why they maybe don't know that the library is down the street because they're not equating those awesome science programs with their local library. I like that. How can you learn about what is happening at a library? Visit the library. More than likely, your library has a social media page. So you don't even have to go in person. You can look at their social media page. You can look on their website. Call and ask because any librarian will be happy to tell you what's going on. But you can also go to the library. And more often than not, every library I've been in has some type of calendar that shows what programs they've got going and what services they have for each different age group. And then the people at the desk will often talk your ear off answering any question you have as well. Answering questions. That's something I can picture happening at a library. Yes. <laughs> the most frequent thing of the there day. There you go. That's, answering the, that's questions. the word. Yes. So what are your suggestions about preparing to visit the library with a small child? You know, there's not really a lot of preparation that needs to happen. Just come. Of course, if you want to get a library card for that child, every library has its own requirements. So depending on where you live, they might need ID from a parent or a proof of address. But just come. The library has the programs. They have the education materials. They have the books. All you have to do is show up. And there will be someone who is willing and happy to help you find what you need and to participate in the daily program and to get set up with a library card and every service you could imagine. What about teenagers? Is there something for a teenager to do at a library? Yes. In most every library, if they don't have an active program, they are trying to have an active program. But one thing that is well known among librarians is that teens are the hardest population to program for. And it's something that is often talked about at library conferences. It's a focal point at many training sessions is how do we provide programs for that teen age where they're getting so busy with sports and after school programs and they're kind of too cool in a lot of ways for the things that they've done before, but we still want to give them a place where they can feel comfortable and they can feel wanted. And we can kind of bridge that gap from the older child and tween years into adulthood. So they're still getting library use and services from their library. Every library is trying to do something, whether that be programming in the library, whether that be a teen council board that is planning the programs and community events, whether that be a volunteer program. The current library in our community does grab and goes for teens because they know that teens are so busy. They have those grab and go programs where teen can come pick something up, have library resources and materials and learn something, but be able to do it on their time. So that's, again, one of those things that if you go and ask, they'll tell you everything they've got going from Nerf gun battles to a book collection. They've got something for the teens. I'm glad to hear that. I think the biggest challenge that a lot of programs, not just libraries, face is getting the word to those teenagers that there is something for them. But once you do that, you can get a lot of participation. It's important to be a good example. Yes, it is. That's something in early literacy that's talked about a lot is that kids are watching what you do. And so the five concepts of early literacy are read, write, sing, play, talk. And we use those. And when we teach those in the library, we, we talk a lot about how parents can model that to their children. But that something that is important to understand is that that's important at every age is parents modeling that to their children, modeling how to put a book on the hold list, modeling how to check out a book, how to ask a question, how to use the catalog, everything like that. Parents are the ones teaching their children. And I have consistently seen over 15 years in libraries that the children whose parents are active become active children because they're not intimidated by the desk. They're not intimidated by the catalog. They're not intimidated by a shelf of books because they understand how to ask a librarian and that a librarian is more than willing to help them. And they understand how to go searching for a book and that it's okay if they spend 15 minutes looking through the shelves and pulling books off. 
So it is extremely important for parents or guardians to model that for their children or the children that are in their supervision so that those children feel comfortable using libraries and library resources. Excellent. Would you recommend going to a library during a busy time, like a story time or like we talked the teenager adventure or, or a quiet time? Both. Both are important times, right? A quiet time gives people time to explore without all of the overstimulation that might come with a program. And it also really depends on the child. There are children that do not like that overstimulation and there are children that thrive or don't mind having lots of kids. And the same goes for adults. But going during a quiet time gives you time to explore, time to learn, time to talk to librarians, time to figure out what your favorite parts of the library are or what serves you and your family best. But going during a busy time gives you the opportunity to meet different people, to see what programs are happening, to partake in those programs and services that might not be available 24-7 or every hour the library is open. And I think it's really important for community members to understand what programs are going on in their library. Years ago, I was part of running a bond for our library to do an expansion. And one comment I got all the time from a couple that lived close to the library but never actually came into the library was that the parking lot was always empty. Well, they were only home before the library was open or at night in the last two hours. And so the few cars that were there didn't mean much. But what they didn't understand is that come 1030 or 1130 in the morning, uh, our parking lot was completely full and we had 80 children and their parents trying to find space in our children's room for a music and movement program. And so I think it's really important for you to come at both times to understand that there's time for you to peruse and find what you like and what you need, but also to understand how much is going on at your local library and what that means for the community. I like that. Holly, is it important to know the personnel, the librarian and the personnel at the library? And if you get to know them, what are some advantages? It's not crucial. You can use the library without knowing the people that work there, but when you get to know them, you have more people to help you find what you need and what you like. We frequently had people who would come in and we would say, oh, we just got this new book in that you'll love. And we'd put them on the hold list for it. Or, oh, hey, we've got this program coming up. Do you want to be the first to know about it? Because when you form that relationship with the librarians and the library personnel, they want to help you. I mean, it's a service-based industry. And the majority of people that work in libraries are very passionate about helping the community with library services. So once you get to know those people, they'll get to know your likes and, and be able to recommend books to you. I tell people I trusted my assistant director any book that he recommended I would read because he had gotten to know my, my tastes over the years. And the library personnel will do that for anyone that come in. So if you're frequently looking for the newest historical fiction novel, they'll be able to tell you what to read. If you are looking for something for your children, they'll be the one to help you. And while they are helpful to anyone and everyone that comes in, getting to know the staff does provide you an opportunity to know what's going on and get more of the first hand and the first notification of what might be coming up. I love the idea of getting to know the people there so that you've got a resource to go to. And it's kind of fun them getting to know you a little bit, what you like. Is it okay to go to the library and stay there and read? Of course. People do that all the time. The books are free. You know, libraries are free. And so going and sitting and finding a cozy place to read, what a lot of people don't understand is when libraries plan out their layouts, they plan reading nooks into their layouts. They plan places for people to work on their computer or find a book and sit all day and read. And the librarians are perfectly happy with that. So if you want to go and you want to Spend a couple hours while your kids are in school or spend a couple hours letting your kid find a book. Go for it. Just go. Just go. Yep. There's <laughs> something for everyone. Just go and figure out what it is. 
What about volunteering? Do do libraries want people to come and help read stories or whatever? What kind of things can we do to support the library? Libraries love volunteers. Now, I, I have not been in every single library in the country, so there might be libraries that have no need of a volunteer. But for the most part, libraries would love volunteers to come in. Uh, I will say most children's librarians I have known are pretty proprietary over their story times. And so that's not often something that needs help with, but there is always something for people to do at a library, whether that be helping shelf books or helping plan a program and execute a program. We can always use help with things like board members. Every library, like I said before, has an elected board of trustees, and those are volunteer boards. Having good board members can really make or break a library. So things, everything from being a board member to coming and shelving books, just go and ask what your library needs. And they more than likely have a volunteer coordinator or a list of tasks that they could use desperate help with. Volunteering is a way that we can support our local library and keep them alive in our communities. Yes. So let's go find out what we can do. You mentioned that you were there when they were looking at a bond to keep the library alive and to keep the doors open. What kind of help is needed? There is a mantra in libraries that libraries always need more space and more money. It's really true. I don't think people recognize how much their local library does for them and how little they're paying for their local library. And while money is always a touchy subject, libraries really do need more money to be able to support their communities. I mean, the library I was at was built to support a community of 10,000 people and we were at 30,000 people. And that library is just not big enough to support that population. They need their politicians to come in and understand the library. Libraries are unbiased community place. We're there to serve everyone and we're trying to do our best. Talking to your representatives if you are a representative, getting into your library, asking them what's going on, asking them about how policies will affect them, asking them what they need, finding out what they do before you vote on a bond. I remember after the first time the bond failed, the, the, within the next week, I had so many people say, well, I voted no because of A or B or C. And none of them were true. They didn't understand what they were voting for. Getting into your library, getting your representatives into your library, actually asking the questions and finding out what's going on before you just make a snap decision based on your um, your preconceived notions of a library. Thanks, Holly. Those are some good suggestions. Learning about the library will keep it in your community, give you access to books and materials, let you meet a director and librarians that can know you and provide the information that you need. I like that there are community programs for all ages, and most libraries offer something and usually lots of something that you can come in and enjoy. I also like that it is such a hub in a community. I remember one year we came and there was a giving tree. We brought our children. They selected a little stocking that was hung on the tree with a name on the back and some potential gift ideas, socks, a shirt, and a coat, a warm coat for winter. And we loved to go to the library and see that tree that soon became undecorated. That was what the goal was, as we wanted to be able to see it. The library did that for us. And I just loved the environment. Well, thank you, Holly. Do you have any last comments or stories that you'd like to share with us? 
I hope everyone goes to their library. That's really what it is. Libraries have evolved so much as we've talked about. It used to be that children weren't even invited into libraries. They were not allowed to come into libraries. And so often people say, oh, well, I don't read books or I haven't stepped foot in a library in years because I don't need to know that anymore. Go find out what's going on. Ask your neighbors, ask your friends, go into the library because almost certainly someone you know is filling out a job application there or getting their child's book for a book report or attending a piano recital held in a community room. I mean, everything is going on at libraries. So go figure out what it is and find what what is there for you and your family. Thank you, Holly Jackson. Thank you for listening to K-12 On Learning, sponsored by Stride. To learn more about online public schools powered by Stride K-12, Stride Career Prep programs that foster lifelong learning, or any of the private school or individual course offerings, please go to stridelearning.com or k12.com. Special thanks to Tree K Studios for providing the music for us. Remember to subscribe to this podcast and feel free to leave us a good review. We hope you'll join us next time for K-12 On Learning.